Praise the Lord. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Sunday School. Are you happy to be in the house of God today? Yeah, you can clap for that. It's a good thing. Y'all can be seated for just a moment. If I could have a couple ushers come up, we're going to go ahead and take up our class offering this morning. I need to finish on time today, so we're going to get things moving because we got a lot in our Sunday school lesson, and that's a, that's a good thing. I know I just told you all to sit, but will you stand with me? You, you got to be used to it by now, right? I want to pray. I want to pray today, and I don't just want to. You know how God deals with you on some things? God dealt with me on praying. And I was like, God, I pray. I feel like I pray. And I, I don't pray. I don't pray the way that I should. And I don't pray the, I don't, I just felt like I don't pray the way that I should in service when I come up here. And God laid it on my heart. He's like, you're leading prayer for church anytime you're up here. And when we're praying together, we should be praying truthfully for what we expect God to do. It's our expectation God works in those things because if we don't expect nothing to happen, God's not going to do anything because he's not going to force himself on us, okay? So I think we should pray with expectation this morning. And you may have woke up not feeling good or you may have woke up with 100,000 things on your mind, but did you take him to God? Did you really take him to God? And if you leave here today with those same 100,000 things on your mind, and you've not asked God to come into those things, then you may have just wasted your time. 
and I don't want to waste my time. I don't know how much I have. Is that okay? I don't know how much I have. So I want to make sure that if I've got an opportunity to bring something to God, that I bring it to him today. Because if I ask, the Bible says that I shall receive. If I seek after it, I'm going to find it. And if I knock on a door, it says it will be open to me. So I got to ask, seek, and knock. I have to put that effort forward. I feel like we need to pray because I know there are things in our church that need to be adjusted. There are things that need to be changed. Is that okay? Can I just be honest? Early in the morning on Sunday, there's some things that we need to pray about because things need to be adjusted. Some things need to change in our lives for us to do truly what God's called us to do. So let's pray. Let's for real pray about them this morning. I don't want to just say God bless the offering and help us today. Although I do want those things. God move in the situations. God move in Sister Shelley's life. Move in Sister Chandra's life. Move in Sister Tiffany's life. Move in Brother Rick's life. Nana, move in her life. God, you know what she needs today. God, move in the things that we need. Because when we're moving and when we're walking in the Holy Spirit and doing what we're supposed to be doing, we change the world. Because we have Christ in us. We, I have Christ in me right now. So when I walk into a situation, it goes back to that holy ground that we talked about before. When I walk into a situation, that situation changes because of who is in me. Not because of who I am, but because who is in me. Pray with me this morning. Heavenly Father, we love you. God, I thank you today for the opportunity to be in your house. God, I thank you for each and every person, God, that makes up my church family. God, I pray that you would move in every situation that's here today. God, help us to ask. Let us ask today, God, what we need. God, the things, Heavenly Father, that are weighing on our minds and on our hearts. God, we ask you today to come into the situations, Lord, but we've not asked you to come in yet. God, we pray that you would move today in those situations. God, give us an answer. God, give us a leading. God, give us a guiding and a directing. God, I pray that you would move, Heavenly Father, in our lives. God, I'm tired of just willy-nilly walking around. God, doing whatever I choose to do. God, I want to do what you have called me to do. God, I want to walk in the path that you've directed me to walk in. My God, have your way today. Have your way, God, in our lives. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way in our families. My God, if there's somebody, God, in my family that's not coming, that's not where they need to be, move on them today. God, let them hear, Lord God. I pray that your spirit would go, Lord God. Fill the room where they are, God, and, and just pull them, Heavenly Father. God, let it pull, Lord Jesus. Bring the people, Heavenly Father, God, that you've called to come in. God, we ask it today. God, we're knocking, Heavenly Father. We're seeking, Lord God, for the things, God. Oh, God, we need you today. God, I need you more than ever. I don't want to just come up and read a, read a verse, Heavenly Father, and sing a song, Lord God, and go through the motions and leave. God, I want to touch you today. I want to touch you, Jesus. I want to be, God, with you. I want to be, Heavenly Father, God, in the places that you've called me to be. God, if there's a mind that needs to be changed in this place today, God, I pray that you would move on that mind. God, help us not to think our own thoughts. Help us to stop seeing things from our own point of view. God, let us see from the perspective, Heavenly Father, from your perspective. God, let us see our life, Heavenly Father, from a greater value, Lord God. The value that you placed on us. God, move, Heavenly Father, today. Have your way, Jesus, in this place. Oh, God, I love you and I praise you and I thank you, God, because I believe you'll do it. God, I believe you will.
Oh, God, I love you, Lord, and I praise you, and I thank you, Heavenly Father, today. Oh, my God, have your way, Jesus. Have your way, Lord. God, let us be sensitive today to your spirit. God, let us be pliable in our minds and our hearts. God, not what we want, Lord Jesus, but what you want, God, in this place. Oh, God, what you would have in this place, Lord Jesus. Have your way today, Lord, in all things. Can you give the Lord a hand clap and a praise today? Do you believe he's going to do it? Thank you, Jesus. Y'all can be seated. Thank you, Jesus. If you guys will, go ahead and take up the offering. Thank you, Jesus. My Lord, I love you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to continue our lesson today. Session, uh, series two of our lesson is God with us. Oh, did you hear that? It's God with us. That's what we're talking about. Our lesson's big idea is, I will remember God is always with me. I'm going to say that one more time. I will remember that God is always with me. We need reminded of that sometimes, don't we, in our lives? We have to be reminded because there's a lot of times where we don't feel like God is with us. I know I've been there a lot of times in my life. I was wondering where God was. Genesis 39, 1 through 3 is our focus verses today. And we are continuing with the story of Joseph. And we do have a lot today. And you're welcome to stand with me in honor of reading of the word if you'd like to. Genesis 39, 1 through 3. And it says, And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Thank you. You can be seated. Has everybody been enjoying the daily devotionals? Have you been doing them? You don't have to raise your hand if you haven't. I love it. I think it's good. And I want to kind of echo back to last week just for a little bit because I know I taught it. And there were pieces of it that I need reminded of. How funny is that? That our minds get so bombarded with things that we can hear something and it'll be a day later and we don't even really remember what we heard. We spoke about Joseph's family, didn't we? You remember the dysfunction that was there? We spoke about how his brothers hated him and they mocked him because of his God-given dreams. We also spoke about how even though Joseph didn't understand God's plan for his life, that we're still able to fully trust God, even when we don't understand. We don't need to always understand God and what he's doing in our lives. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We simply need to trust him. And that's so easy, isn't it? It's so easy to say, oh, just trust God. It's going to be fine. Just trust God. But we don't, do we? We get in the midst of the situation and we worry and we fret. And we think about all the avenues and the things that are coming from this way and that way. And we think, Lord, help us if people get involved. (laughs) If it's just something that's me, well, then 
I got to make sure that I'm right and I'm doing what's right and I have the right intentions and my heart's right. But if I get one other person in that situation, then I got to start worrying about their motives. What are they thinking? What are they trying to do? Is their heart right? Do they really want what's best for me? We left off with Joseph being sold into slavery. And that's where we're going to begin today. This thing hits so hard. This hits so hard on so many points. And I hope, I'm praying that I can get through them all. Because we're not going to understand what God's doing. Can I, just, can I just be real with you? We're not going to understand what God's doing in our life. Not until the very end of it. And sometimes maybe not even then, because you don't know the people that you've touched in your life. Do you know the people that are you are affecting just by being here today? If you have somebody in your family that doesn't believe in God, if you have somebody at your work that doesn't believe in God, you just being you and loving God and coming faithfully to church, that has an impact. And you may never see it, and that person may never come up and say, oh, thank you for being who you are. Thank you for loving God. Thank you for being a good person. They may never say that to your face, but they have a higher value of you. And it's not because of who you are. It's because of who's in you. It's because of who you serve. It's because of who you love. You hear me today. So if you don't ever hear it, if you don't ever see it, realize that you make an impact. And you may never understand it. You may never hear it. You may never see it. And we can see that in Joseph's life in so many different ways. Joseph, the master of dreams, old master of dreams, right? When we look at Genesis 39 and 2, it says, And the Lord was with Joseph. I want God to be with me. Oh, man, that's, I need God to be with me. I don't want him to. I need God to be with me. It says, And he was a prosperous man in the house of his master, the Egyptian. He's in slavery under everybody. Know, we all know. We've all been to church. We know what Egypt means, right? Egypt is the form of the world. He has somebody who's an ungodly person, and this guy has power. We read that in in the beginning, didn't we? It says, And Joseph was brought to Egypt, and Potiphar, he was an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian. That tells us that he has power in the world. You get that? So more than likely, he's not going to be a Christ-like person, is he? A lot of time, I'm not saying you can't be a Christ-like person and be in power in the world, but it's calling him specifically. He is under Pharaoh. He has power. He's a captain of the guard, an Egyptian. But Joseph still is a prosperous man. And the Lord is still with Joseph, even in a place where Joseph, I'm assured, feels like God is not with him. Because we only feel like God is with us when we have blessings in our lives, don't we? When we don't have the things that we've asked God for, we come into a place and that's where we start to wonder. We start to ponder what God's doing. Or if perhaps we've made a step that's off. Or if somebody else is, is messing with the situation. We get in that mindset because surely God wouldn't put us in a place where we're not happy or where we don't feel like we have the things that we need. It hit me so hard this morning. We have more than we need. We have so much more than we need. We're blessed beyond measure, and yet our wants can sometimes outweigh that. I'm going to move on. Prosperous. What a startling word to use for a slave. 
Surely it was a, a sign of the divine blessing that fell not only on Joseph, but by extension on Potiphar's house. Think about that. The blessing that's on your life can be transferred to others just because you're there. God's blessing is not limited. And we'll get there because Potiphar realizes this. He realizes what's happening here. It's because of God. It's nothing about Joseph. The fullness of this blessing is indicated by the repeated use of the term all. We're going to do 39, Genesis 39, 3, 4, 5, and 6, but we're going to do them fast. The Lord made all that Joseph did to prosper. All that Potiphar had, he put into Joseph's hand. Potiphar had made Joseph overseer of all that he had. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had. Potiphar left all that he had in Joseph's hand. All is all. That's everything. You can't say all and leave pieces out. I can't say all and leave my finances out. I can't say all and leave my family out. I can't say all and leave my work out. All is all. It's every piece. It's every piece of what I've got. Potiphar trusted Joseph enough to put everything that he had within his hand. He was a slave. He was basically what anybody else would have considered dirt. They would have used them however they saw fit to use them. And he said, no, 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 there's something different about you. And I'm going to put everything that I have under your oversight. Because when you touch something, it's blessed. And when you touch something, it's multiplied. And when I do that by myself, it doesn't always work out. It's done a lot of good. I've gotten a lot of places by myself in my life. But boy, when you touch it, something, something special happens. There's something special about you that, where I can trust you. The use of the word all is significant because it shows that Joseph was already fulfilling God's promise to Abraham. Oh, hear this. We don't think about the generational ways of this thing, but just think about it for a minute. It says, in, in these shall all families of the earth be blessed. You all remember that? Genesis 12 and 3. That was his promise. He said, all of the family. Ooh, Jesus. They'll all be blessed. This story, it's not a story of the success of Joseph. It's a story of God's faithfulness to his promises. It's not about being, us being successful or the things that we can accomplish or that I got this new job or that I can whatever. Oh, Lord, help me. It's not about how great I am. It's about God fulfilling his own promises because his word is true. And when he says it, he says, I will fulfill it. Hear me today. When he says it, he will fulfill it. And it goes throughout the generations. But we don't, we don't look at those things sometimes. We worry about the little bubble, right? We worry about the little bubble, my family, my work, my things. And God cares about those, but he can see it from the beginning to the end. And baby, you're just one step in the whole thing. And all we got to do, we got to trust and pray and ask. We got to seek and we got to knock. And when we're doing that, we're just a middle point in that whole thing. And he's saying, no, my blessing's already there. I've already called it to be. I've already called it to be done. I did it a long, long time ago. You're just in the progression of that blessing. Somebody, somebody's going to get it this morning. I used to read this thing and think, man, that was, Joseph lived a rough life. And he did. But 
when we look at the way that God protected him and the, the way God directed his life and directed the situations, because Joseph never could have done, oh, hear me today, he could have never done what he was called to do unless God had put him through the process that he went through. So when we're, when we're mad and we're, we're fighting and we're disgusted with the process that we're going through, when things ain't going the way that they should, we don't feel like they're going the way they should be going. When so-and-so won't listen to us and our kids are falling off the furniture, my wife better be listening. When they're jumping off the furniture trying to kill themselves on a Sunday morning and they're crying and everything's going, it feels like, oh man, everything's going against me. Just everything, God. Just Can I have peace, Jesus? Can I have just, Lord, just a little bit of peace? It's supposed to be peace unspeakable. Well, I can't speak because everybody else won't shut up. God, give me some peace. Give me some joy. But when you're going through the things that you're going through, God is directing you through those things because you're never going to learn what you need to learn to get to the place where God has ordained you to be. Joseph's life in Egypt would not be an unbroken progression of blessing and promotion, obviously. Genesis 39 and 7 says, And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. And some of y'all are thinking, Man, that would never happen to me. I'm going to short form this one. Your calling and blessing will attract things that you don't want. Can I tell you that? There are going to be people that are in your life, and they're going to say, ooh, look at him. Ooh, look at her. They've got things going on. There's something special about them, and then they're going to try to weasel into your life. And just because that person or that thing or whatever comes into your life does not mean that God sent it. Do you hear me? You're going to attract things that should not be in your life. And it will often come in the times where you're at your lowest, when you're struggling with everything anyway, when you're saying, God, why, why is my life like this right now? And then, oh, look, look what happens to waltz in at the perfect time or the most imperfect time. It's because the people that are on the outside, you don't see yourself as blessed a lot of times. You don't see all the things that you got going for you. You see the struggles and the, and the hurt and the heartache. But people on the outside of you say, man, you shouldn't even, you sh- boy, you shouldn't even have what you have. You shouldn't have the house that you have. You shouldn't have the joy that you have. You shouldn't have them babies. Can we, can we take it there? You shouldn't have the family that you have or the support that you have. People on the outside looking in see it a whole lot different than us being on the inside looking out. Because we're always looking for greater and bigger Oh, help me, Lord. You better watch what walks into your life, and you better pray and make sure that God sent that thing. And that is what God wants. And it's easy enough because Joseph knew instantly. It wasn't a matter of, oh, should I? Let me pray about this. Let me throw out a fleece. Ain't no fleece required on this one. He said, uh No, God wouldn't do that. Joseph refused. How then, this is his words in Genesis 39 and 9. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Oh, Brother Osborne, pour it back. Pour it back. 
If it ain't what God has ready for you, pour it back. Oh, don't, don't drink whatever that is. Don't drink whatever's been served to you just because it was served. That don't mean it's from God. Joseph wasn't concerned. Oh, hear this. Joseph wasn't concerned about Potiphar's reprisal or about the prospect of losing his position. His response in order to Potiphar's wife saying, hey, I'm here. His wasn't, oh, I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose my position. I'm going to get in trouble. He said, word for word, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? It's not against Potiphar. It's not against our family. Oh, hear me today. You live by a higher calling than others live by. I don't do things to please man. I don't. I don't do things to please man. I do things for God. And when I'm looking at the things that I'm doing in my life and the reasons why I'm doing them, the reasons why I'm taking the steps I'm taking and I'm seeking after things in my life, it's because I don't want to sin against God. You may not know the whole story. Oh, do you hear me today? You may not know the whole story of what I'm dealing with. And I certainly don't know the whole story of what you're dealing with. And that's okay because you're not seeking my approval. You don't need my approval. You need God's approval. And God knows every piece of your situation. He knows everything that you're going through. So stop looking for man's approval in things that man don't have no business being in. And if you mess up, you're not messing up against somebody. You're messing up against God. It has ramifications to man, but ultimately we serve God. And you can strip the title. You can strip the money, you can strip everything. But if I'm not doing, if I'm sinning against God, that's where my mind should be. That's where my heart should be. That should be what I'm really concerned on going, wait a minute. Even though this thing may look good on the outside and it's going to make me have a couple extra initials behind my name, is that what God wants? Does God need me to have those extra initials? Is that going to be beneficial to what he's called me to do? Because if it's not and it's not where he's called me, guess what? I messed up. It doesn't matter if I look good or not. We should at least somewhat be surprised that Joseph's penalty ended up only being imprisoned. In any other circumstance, given the situation, he should have been dead. If we look at it from a real perspective, he should have been dead. Potiphar was, after all, a high-ranking official. This was probably an indication of Joseph's value to Potiphar. Again, he blessed Potiphar's house just by being there. As the story of Joseph went from bad to worse, crossing the threshold of Potiphar's house as a slave and then crossing the threshold of prison as an inmate, we are reminded yet again that the Lord was with Joseph. God remained present. Oh, hear me today. God remained present and active in his life. Just as God's presence had made Joseph prosper in Potiphar's house, guess who's going to have favor? Guess who's going to have favor in the lowest place, even in prison? Joseph had it because God was with him. Genesis 39 and 21 says, But the Lord was with Joseph, and he showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. No matter what situation you may find yourself in, even if you've been placed in it against your will, God's favor will be there. 
it will. Here we find a subtle but important lesson. God's faithfulness to Joseph in prison is presented as a response to his own faithfulness to Potiphar. Did you catch that? Let me say it again. A subtle but important lesson. God's faithfulness to Joseph in prison is presented as a response to Joseph's own faithfulness to Potiphar. Even though he wasn't serving somebody that was godly or right in what he was doing, God's faithfulness still presented itself in Joseph's life because he was faithful, even in a place where some others would say, I don't need to be faithful here. Do you get that? Oh, get it this morning. Oh, Lord. Jesus said, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. That's Luke 16.10. We can too easily feel like we're giving up when things aren't going our way, can't we? I've, I've never been in a situation like Joseph. Thank God. Thank you, Lord, for protecting me. I've never been in a situation like that. But in some of the small struggles in my life, I've, I've said it at least in my mind. Why am I trying? Why do I even care? Why do I care with the way they acted? Why do I care with the way this situation is turning out? If God's with me, then why is this stuff happening? I've said that stuff in my mind because of struggles and things that I faced. I've never been a slave. I've never been put in prison. I'd never have. And yet Joseph remained faithful to God. And in turn, God remained faithful to him. We need to take this very story and principle into consideration in our own lives. We can tell the devil to shut up. Do you hear me? He's going to keep talking. He always does. But we can tell him to shut up because God is with you. God's with me. And even if everything that I'm looking around looks bad and it looks like it's not working toward my purpose, that's okay because God can use anything to hear me today. God can use anything in your life and he can weave it into the way that it needs to be. Anything whether it's what you thought it was going to be or what you were hoping it was going to be, if it doesn't make your life easy, we didn't say that we, he didn't say we'd have it easy down here. A Christian life is not a promised cakewalk. It's just not. But God's with us. I need to move on. We need to get it in our mind that we're not sinning against Potiphar. If I do what I know is right, then I'm sinning against God. Hear me, Lord. Help me, Jesus. Once again, in the most unexpected place, Joseph found prosperity because of divine favor. As with Potiphar, the jailer implicitly trusted Joseph. He granted him a position of authority in the prison. He's in the worst of places, but he keeps getting the best job. (laughs) I felt like that before a lot of times. Like, God moved me somewhere. This This place is horrible, but I get a good job. He's going to bless you even in places where you you just want to get out of because you don't want to be there. But you don't see, again, see it from a different perspective. See it from a higher viewpoint. We all know about the butler and the baker, don't we? I'm going to have to hurry. Yes, I'm very much going to have to hurry. The status of these two officials serves to set up Joseph for his next advancement. Joseph's position of favor was responsible for his being assigned to wait on the incarcerated royal officials. 
he wouldn't have been able to be around those two dudes unless he had the favor that he had. You understand? So if he would have said, I don't care, I'm not doing this stuff no more, I'm in prison, I'm going to sit and rot. I'm going to sit and rot and not do nothing because God left me. He don't care about me. He don't love me no more. He would have never been in the place to be able to serve the correct people that he would then be able to speak to and use God's gift on his life and then be able to move forward. Do you understand what I'm saying? Your attitude makes a difference in the places where you don't want to be. The things that you think, the words that you speak. Oh, help me, God. I'm talking to myself today. The things that are in our mind where we're just saying, this is stinking rotten, I don't want to be here, I didn't tell nobody nothing anyway, and blah, 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 blah. And we get mad because it ain't what we thought. Your attitude can dictate how fast God can move you out of that junk that you didn't want to be in in the first place. If you say, God, there's a reason why I'm here. There's a reason, God, there's a reason why I'm here. And I'm going to do my best to be faithful. And I'm going to figure out what it is because the sooner I figure it out, And if I stay faithful and I love you and I do what you tell me to do, guess what? I'm going to move out of here that much quicker. And that's what I want anyway because that's what I I don't want to be here. But now we cross our arms and sit and get grumpy and frown and get mad because we didn't want to be there in the first place. And we wonder why we're stuck in places for so long. We wonder why we've been sitting here for 10 years waiting on you, Lord. I ain't happy about it, but I'm waiting. Jesus, help me. Don't look at the things in your life as obstacles, but rather as God-given opportunities. Oh, hear me today. If Joseph wouldn't have been faithful, he would have just sat there and rotted for the rest of his life, possibly. You don't think God's going to let you do it? He's not going to force you into something. He won't. He won't do it. We have to get up off of our rear ends and say, okay, God, what do you want? Let me ask, let me seek, let me knock. Joseph up to this point had only been a receiver of dreams, not an interpreter of them. In fact, part of the animosity that his brothers and even his father had against him appears related to his own inability to comprehend what God was telling him. Do you get this? He got himself in trouble because he didn't understand his dream and he just went off and told him. I guess. And they're like, dummy, you're saying we're all gonna we're all gonna bow before you. Do you not get that? He got him, but he couldn't interpret him. This story marks not just a development, oh hear that word, development in Joseph's story, but also a development within Joseph himself. Proper dream interpretation was the result of divine, not human insight. The th- oh, The things that are going to be most of value in your life, that are going to be most beneficial, is not something that you're good at just because you're good at it. Just because I know computers doesn't mean that I'm going to go aljcpc.org and fix everybody's computers. Because that's tie. Yes, I can use that thing because God's helped me with it. But God says if it's going to be something really changing... Like in his life, he says, I'm going to be the author of it. Because that way, Ty can't get the accolades for it. It's not about what he's able to do. It's not about how smart he is or how long he went to school and how much money he paid. The butler and the baker, there were each of them three days, right? So the butler was the good, I have to always have to write this down because I get them mixed up. The butler was the good one, the baker was the bad one. Butlers, three days, right? 
he's going to be restored to his former position in Pharaoh's good graces. The baker, three days, he's going to be lifted up. His head's going to be lifted up. Bad times. Bad times for the baker. Joseph's accurate interpretation of the butler and the baker's dreams was not only needed proof that God was with Joseph in prison. Do you hear me? It also asserts that Joseph had advanced from being a recipient. Oh, he advanced from being a recipient of his own dreams to being an interpreter of others' dreams. God will develop you. Oh, if, you, if we let him today, God will develop us from just being a receiver of something, of just being a receiver of the grace and the mercy and the love and the blessings and the gifts to being an interpreter of others. Because it's not about us. It's not about us. It's not about us. Hear me today. It's not about you. It's about what God does through you. You realize the blessings and you realize the grace and you realize the mercy. But it's not for you to just, to just keep it all to yourself and be like, oh, I'm so blessed. No, because once you really get it, you're developed into a place where you say, guess what God has for you, Sister Shelley? He showed me because I've, I've let myself be pliable to what he wants. Help me, Jesus. We can be in the, hear me today, we can be in the largest struggle of our lives, and if we're truly seeking after God, we should be able to help others. You can be in the worst stinking rotten prison part of your life that you've ever been in. And if you're faithful in seeking after God, you should be able to help pull somebody else. Even when you're in the rotten place, somebody's lower than you are. It don't matter how low. It don't matter how low you are. Somebody's lower than you. And you ought to have enough Jesus and faith and trust in God in your life to say, let me reach down just a little bit. And do you realize what God does when we do those things? How did Joseph get out? He got out because he reached down. He said, let me take a look. Let me see. Because if God's willing to give me a dream about myself, I bet God's good enough and faithful enough to help me to interpret the one that you got to. Because there's nobody else around here that loves God. There's nobody else around here that God's been faithful to like he's been faithful to me. And it may have not worked out the way that I wanted it to work out. Oh, hear me today. It may have not worked out how I thought it was going to work out. But God was still faithful. He was faithful when I got sold. And he was faithful even when I got lied on. And when I got thrown in prison for that lie, he was still faithful. You don't have to be in the best place of your life to be able to reach out for other people. If that's what you're looking and that's what you're waiting for, you're doing it wrong. Stop waiting and reach down. There's always somebody lower. There always is. And there might not be another person there to reach down. Do you think you were put in prison for just, just a happenstance? Do you think he was there for happenstance? No. He was developed. God developed him through this process. Because naive Joseph, herding sheep, not knowing nothing, he could have never come under Pharaoh and been able to do what God had called him to do. He had to go through the struggle. He had to go through the process. He had to go through the development. Jesus, help me, Lord. There's so many. I got to stand with me. There are so many what-if scenarios in the life of Joseph. 
But let's really think it through and apply it to ourselves. If Joseph wouldn't have went through what he did, he would have been incapable, fully incapable of interpreting those dreams. This would be Joseph's in with Pharaoh and ultimately would save his family and countless others. He went through the process, not just for himself. It wasn't just for Joseph. So that God should, could show a great thing in his life. It wasn't just for him. It was for his family. It was for the people around him. It was for countless others. Oh, It was for countless other people that he would never see, never meet, never be thanked by. Do you hear me? The things that we do, our faithfulness to God, has ramifications that we will never know the full extent of. Oh, shut up. Genesis 40, 23. Can you put that up there for me, sis, Sister Diamond? I don't have it in my notes, but I wanted to read it. At the end of this, at least where we're stopping today, the Bible says he interpreted the dreams, right? But it says in this verse that he was forgotten. Y'all remember that part? Oh, he forgot about him. It was the butler, right? I told you I always get it forgotten. Butler was good. Yeah, the butler. The butler forgot him. The baker's long gone. But the butler, the guy that got the good one. Oh, did it go away? He, he forgot. Oh, there he goes. Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but he forgot him. Even everything that he done in his life, he got to the place where he was wanting to be. He got, he got, oh man, I'm back in. I'm back in the graces. Thank you, Jesus. I'm back where I need to be. But he forgot the one that helped him out. Can I tell you today, I'm, I'm, do, I'm done. I gotta be done. People may forget you, but God won't. God doesn't forget the sacrifices that you have. Ooh, Shana. People may forget you as soon as you're done helping them. And you thought, you jerk, why did I even waste my time? But God sees it. God knows. And God knows the process that that... Don't do it for man's approval. Don't do it for a title. Don't do it because somebody just says how great you are because you did it. Do it for God. When you're blessing and you're working, if you sin against God, guess who, else? Guess who you're blessing when you do those things? You're blessing God. Because you're doing it for him. Because you love him. Because of what he did for you. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I love you, Jesus. I praise you, God, and I thank you, Lord Jesus, for my church family. God, help us to see. God, help us to see from a different perspective today. Oh, we love you, Lord, and we praise you, and we give you all the honor and glory. God, I pray that you'd have your way in this service coming up. God, have your way today. Oh, we love you, Lord, and we praise you. And we ask it all in Jesus' mighty name. And my church family said, one more time with feeling. All right, take a break. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. I love you all.